All right, everybody. Good evening. Welcome to Sunday night service. Who was with us this morning? Yeah. Did we have a good time? Praise the Lord. We were praising God all day long. It was absolutely great. Had an awesome time. Tonight's going to be great. Pastors bring the word to us and we are going to receive it with open hearts and open minds. Amen. All right, let's stand up together and we are going to speak some words of faith over the United States of America because we absolutely believe that America is coming to Jesus. Amen. Let's say this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, give the Lord some praise tonight. And you may be seated. Okay, we're going to go through a little bit of uh, announcements here. Of course, we got a whole lot of great stuff going on. And uh, we want you to stay in the loop and be involved. And uh, man, there's just plenty to do. There's no reason for you to be bored in Barstow because we've got you covered, all right? And so let's take a look at a few things here. Uh, first of all, uh, we want to remind you that this Thursday is the National Day of Prayer. And so it's a great day to pray all day because... Hey, every day is a good day to pray all day, right? Jesus says in First Thessalonians to pray without ceasing, so let's just do this. But at 6 o'clock right here at the church, we're having a National Day of Prayer event. And there's other events going on in town and stuff like that, so I'm sure they're all going to be absolutely awesome. We're going to have ours at 6 o'clock. going to open up with a little praise and worship and get right into some prayer. All right, so be here at 6 o'clock Thursday night. And I'm going to have uh, Mrs. Pastor go ahead and come on up, and she's going to talk about a couple things, but also... I want to remind you um, about the mother-daughter banquet. Do you want to talk about that while you're here? All right. Hallelujah. Since you mentioned mother-daughter, I'll talk about it first. Today's the last day you can sign up. So there's a, a kind of, yeah, little postcard. Hey, you're learning from me to interrupt really good. You like that? Yeah, that's pretty cool. I learned from I, the inter- I interrupt I Jimmy. From that's very good. Good job, buddy. Anyway. Normally I would say don't interrupt your parents, but that's okay. Okay, so anyway, there's postcard type things on the uh, info booth back there. It has a a QR, what do you call that thing? QR code. A QR code. So scan it with your phone, yes. And Nick Alva's back there modeling the postcard for you. He's holding it up. Thank you, Nick. Way to go, yes. (laughs) So... Anyway, today's the last day. You have to sign up and pay today, okay? So the event takes place um, this Saturday, 11 o'clock in the morning, right here. The theme is Singing in the Rain. And if you would like to enter one of the contests for the adults or teens or children in some kind of a rain gear, go for it. We'll have prizes and all kinds of stuff, plus a really good word, okay? So anyway, that's cool stuff. Okay, but that's that's secondary to what I want to talk about. Okay, so... The primary election in the state of California is coming up in like one month, June 7th. And so, you know, you need to be registered to vote. Hopefully you are. 
And you need to know the, the platforms, I said platforms of the political party. You need to know my main to-go thing is which party is pro-life. So I don't really look at the individual so much as I look at the platform of their party. What do they stand for? I always vote for the pro-life party. And so I went through my little uh, thing that came by here. And so I automatically, when I'm looking at the people and what they what they stand for, I automatically put a big old X through the ones that are not pro-life. So I don't even have to look at them anymore. But then when you're looking through your uh, your your little brochure here about people, it'll get to a part where it doesn't list their party. So you say, well, what is their fundamental belief? Well, one thing you can do is you can look down, and I found out who, uh, who uh, uh, what's the word, endorsed this one person. I thought, ha, ha, you're not getting my vote because I found out who endorsed them, you know. And then another page that talked about this one guy who would be somebody I would consider voting for, and it said he was endorsed by, he was put in office by some president. I thought, okay, what president? Because it depends on what president put them in office. What was that president's philosophy? You know, was that president a pro-choice guy, you know, or was that president a pro-life guy? What kind of a president endorsed that guy? So things like that you need to research, but you definitely need to register and vote in the primary election. It's extremely important. It's our job, amen, as believers to take back our nation for the Lord Jesus Christ. It's a simple thing to do to go and vote. If you do nothing, then evil prevails. All right, very good. So that's some good wisdom for us tonight. Amen. And uh, so, yes, we need to be responsible citizens and good Christians. Of course, we're always a polling center back here if you live in this vicinity. This is your polling spot and all that fun stuff. But either way, it all goes back to we are calling for revival in America and America to come to Jesus. Amen. All right, so the Mother-Daughter Banquet is this Saturday. Go ahead and get registered. It's your last chance. Mother's Day is this coming Sunday. And so uh, make sure you're here. It's one of our biggest and best days of the whole year. We got a gift for every single mom that's in attendance. And, of course, we got other prizes and fun things going on. So make sure you're here this Sunday. And one thing that my uh, my parents always would tell the church when we were kids is like, ladies, you know, hey, uh, you're maybe you're wanting your husband or your kids to finally come to church with you. When they say, what do you want for Mother's Day? Say, I would like for you to come to church with me this year. And they can't say no because it's Mother's Day. So there we go. Come on. And uh, unless they're just going to really be a Grinch, but you can handle this. All right. So that's this Sunday. And then later on in the month of May, uh, we're going to have Ray Bench and his wife, Jen bench with us. All right. We're really excited about this. They're coming in from Midland, Michigan. And Janine has been a wonderful, uh, uh, just a wonderful woman of God done children's ministry and all this stuff for years at Dr. Barclay's church. But we've asked her to take that Saturday, May 21st, to spend some time with our young wives and moms group. So if you're a mom of littler kids or, uh, or, you know, a young married lady, whatever, uh, we want you to be there and, uh, and join in on this. She's going to bless you guys. It's going to be at Pastor Katie and I's house. So come on over and I'll get the time and stuff to you later on. But anyway, that's going to be Saturday, May 21st. And then Reverend uh, Ray is going to be preaching at both services that Sunday. And the uh, last thing is this, is that Monday, May 23rd, we're going to be having our Lyft family picnic at the park night. Amen. So, yes. 
we are a family church and we want to bless the family. So anyway, uh, whether you're, uh, again, if you've got a big family or you don't have a family surrounding you, we want to become your family. So welcome home, friends. So come on out that night, Monday, May the 23rd, and it's going to be at 630 at, uh, we said, 8th Street Park. I've asked Lawrence this literally 10 times now. I don't know why this is not clicking, but 8th Street Park. Uh, huh? H. Amen. All right. H. H Street Park, uh, Monday the 23rd, 6.30. We're going to have a good, good time to gather. Amen. All right. Well, that's all the announcements for now. Who knows what time it is now? Indeed, it is happy time. So let's go ahead. And uh, if you need an envelope, raise your hand. The ushers will get you one. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to look at Proverbs chapter 10 tonight. Let's go to Proverbs chapter 10. Yes, sir. Who's excited? Yes. Proverbs 10 and verse 22. I'll go in the NLT for us. Proverbs 10, 22. And I love this, man. Who wants the blessing of God on your life? The blessing of the Lord. Well, one awesome way to get that, you know, there's lots of things that scripture instructs us to do. Of course, Malachi 3 says that if you're a tither, he opens up the windows of heaven and pours out a blessing that you don't even have room enough to receive it. So that's Malachi 3. But here we are in Proverbs 10 and verse 22. It says, the blessing of the Lord will make a person rich. Oh, don't say, don't say that at church. That is wrong. That, no, 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 no. The blessing of the Lord makes a person rich, but what happens? And he adds no sorrow with it. That's a good thing right there. God wants you to be blessed. And when you get the blessing of the Lord on your life, it says the blessing of the Lord, it makes a person rich, but he adds no sorrow with it. And we know a lot of rich people that they, they've accumulated wealth, but they've also accumulated a whole lot of sorrow to go with it because they went about it all the wrong way. But when God blesses you, it comes with no sorrow added to it. And why would God want a Christian to be blessed? Why would God want a Christian to, in the Bible terms here, be rich? Because God's people, they do the right thing with their money. They're not out there wasting it on alcohol and drugs and out there gambling it away in Vegas. Sorry if that's you, but you know, hey. Uh, further the kingdom. What? They further the kingdom of God, man. Do you want to preach? <laughs> so sometimes these ushers get so excited. I'm like, boy, you just come over here and finish this for me. Amen. So, uh, but yes, the God wants his people to get resources and blessing because they're going to do the right thing with it. They're going to further the gospel. They're going to print Bibles. They're going to send missionaries. They're going to bless Barstow with it. Amen. And so don't ever think, man, I just, I don't want to be like that. No, the blessing of the Lord, according to scripture, if you want to debate with that, then that's up to you, but it makes a person rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Let's give the Lord some praise together tonight. Amen. All right, let's stand up, and we're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow. Hallelujah. Looks like Josh and Ray are... Wait, what do I see? I dropped a book, and I lost my train of thought. We're speaking uh, words of faith over our finances. We'll do Barstow later on. How's that sound? If you've never been to a Sunday night service, it just gets a little bit wild. I mean, you know, come on. We just, yeah, anything goes. All right, here we go. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs promotions, raises and bonuses, 
benefits, sales and commissions, growth and business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. Feel free to join us at the altar tonight. We're going to worship the Lord. I'm no longer bound by chains You gave the life for freedom We're coming out of the shadows Your glory called you the veil And now your light shines upon us Lift up his name to God be the glory. 
Oh
seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed begging bread. Father, we thank you for the days we live in, for the times we live in. You've never changed. People haven't really changed. The devil hasn't changed. You've never changed. Lord, there's always been good. There's always been evil. There's always been you. There's always been the devil. And there's always been people. And Lord, people have always had a choice. We can choose to follow you, believe you, and serve you, and receive from you. Or we can choose to ignore, go the other way, and get in trouble. But Lord, as for me in this church, we choose. We will serve the Lord. We will follow you. And Lord, we thank you that in our lives, we know if your word says it, that settles it. We're just going to hook up with the word. And we thank you tonight the things that you're going to have me share is going to help refresh people. And some people maybe hear things for the first time, but the main thing is, Lord's going to equip them for victorious Christian living. Thank you, Lord, for tonight and the words we're going to hear. In Jesus' name, everybody said, Amen. 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 Hallelujah. How many are excited about losing? Well, good. I'm in the right church then. <laughs> Amen. We're here, we're, we're, we're here to raise up winners, not wine with whiners. Amen. Or whip with wieners. Amen. We're going to be people, we're going to be people that we don't whine, we praise. We give glory to Jesus by the things he does in our life. We're going to be talking tonight about how you can have faith in your faith. How you can have faith in your faith. It's one thing to have faith in a preacher's faith or faith in your mom's faith. Our faith in whoever you think your most spiritual friend is, but most of the time you're by yourself. And you need to know how to pray, you need to have faith in your faith. But I want to show you some things out of the bookstore, first of all, that have helped me over the years. This is a book called The Art of Prayer. It's Art of Prayer. This is one of the best basic prayer teaching, prayer teaching books I've ever studied. I've studied this book for years and years and years. When I first started pastoring years ago, this book came out and Every time I taught on prayer, I studied a lot of things out of this book and had them working in my life and taught other people. But if you're a person that really wants to develop your prayer life, you need to have this book right here. And the books we sell aren't books that you just read them like a newspaper or like something off the Internet. You study them. You have your Bible out. You have notebook paper out. You study things. And sometimes when I study books like this, I might get stuck, stuck in one chapter for a month. Because I want to keep on studying it and reading it and getting those scriptures in my heart, in my mind, in my mouth, till I know them inside and out and get them working in my life. Uh, I was thinking, I got a couple more shows, but I was thinking a while ago, I just got a report about somebody that's got the same sickness that Pastor Dave had when he was young, and they don't live in our state and want to know what we did. Well, I, I told him, I said, we can tell them what we can tell them to help them somewhat, but they don't go to a church like this. They just get confused because the Word of God has to be your highest level of authority when you're dealing with death. 
You don't study the disease. You don't listen to people that lost. You got to hang around the Word of God. People speak the Word, talk the Word, learn the Word. Because when you deal with things like that, the Word has got to be an active part of your everyday life. And if that confuses you, then stick around the church. We'll get you where you live that way. That's what we want to do because the Word will save your life. It'll save your family. We're going to talk about some of those things tonight. But then here's another book called Knowing What Belongs to Us. Knowing What Belongs to Us. And, and when Jesus died for our sins, that was the number one big basic thing is that glory to God. We want to go to heaven when we die, but we don't want to die early. We don't want to get die sick. We don't want to die lonely. We don't want to die broke. We want to have the blessing of God on earth because Jesus did tell us, Thy will be done on earth and it is in heaven. And so we want to live long, we want to live strong, but you got to know what belongs to you as much more than Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And that's not a light statement I make at all, because praise God. I'd, I would rather, I would rather, if it came down to it, be poor and broke and sick and go to heaven when I die, to be rich and healthy and have everything and go to hell when I die. But we don't have to be poor and broke and sick. We can be prosperous and healthy and a sound mind and have lots of good Christian friends and fellowship and things like that and live a long life and then die and get to go to heaven too. Amen. But the Bible teaches you what belongs to you and you've got to learn that. Then here's another book called God's Creative Power. God's Creative Power. And when I was a truck driver for years, I carried little books like this. As a matter of fact, some of these books, these same titles, <clears throat> in my shirt pocket for years. And when I was at a, at a stop to deliver to a warehouse or a factory or something, sitting in my truck waiting for my turn to get up to their dock, I shut my engine off. I had a little Bible I carried. I'd pull out my little Bible. I'd pull out the book, and I'd read scriptures, and I would learn scriptures. And that's how I learned to be a victorious Christian how to teach the things I'm teaching tonight because I studied these books. So anyway, I just want to say with all the wonderful internet stuff we have and some of the not so wonderful, but anyway, all the internet stuff and everything else that you can get a quick fix, man, I'd rather go get a full dose. Yeah. Yeah, Amen. Amen. Don't throw, don't throw away the old uh, just because there's new because sometimes the old is better to have that book you can look at and look at and look at and study. Amen. How many bought the Bible tonight? Man, six Bibles in the church. That's a pretty good start. Well, how many bought your cell phone or your iPad or something else got the Bible on it? <laughs> That's pretty good. We're in the right church. We're called a word church. But anyway, tonight we're going to be talking about how you can have faith in your faith. <clears throat> and I want you to look at Philippians chapter 4. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> verse 6 and verse 7. Philippians 4, verse 6 and verse 7. I'll give you a chance to get there because it helps to look with your own eyes. Matter of fact, uh, I always put a lot of notes in my Bible, and I pulled out one of my old notes, one of my Bibles, last couple of weeks from like probably 25, 30 years ago. I'm looking at notes I wrote, it, wrote, wrote in that Bible, and I forgot some of the things God gave me I wrote. I'm so glad I'm going back to that Bible and seeing my notes from back then. And I got notes in this Bible. I've had this Bible about probably, I don't know, six or eight years. And so these notes you write in your Bible, sometimes you're sitting in a service like this, you'll hear something, and you write a little note. Well, it is so good later on, you go back and read that verse, that note, you say, oh, wow, I remember what that verse means now. And so anyway, it's so nice to have your own Bible. And so we're going to look at three different uh, people in the Bible 
given some of their insight on prayer. But here's Paul, first of all, in Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. They're talking about having faith in your faith and basically in your prayer life because that's where most people use their faith. That's when they pray, right? And so this, this is a nugget. Talk about prayer. Be careful for nothing. That means don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't worry. And so how many know that worry is fear? Faith in God and faith in his word is having confidence that God's got your future. That's having faith in God because of what he said, that he's got it under control. Well, the opposite is worry, which is fear, which is believing the devil's the one's going to control your future. You cannot, it's impossible, it's impossible as a spiritual being to be in faith and be in fear at the same time. And so as he begins to talk about faith, the first thing he tells you is get rid of the fear, the anxiety before you pray. There's only one way to do that. We're going to show you tonight. We're going to show you how to be a faith person and not worry when you pray. And you know, I was thinking about Pastor Dave again a while ago about helping people that uh, it's not a very pleasant thing when you got a three and a half year old son and doctor tells you he's got leukemia and he's crippled. That's a really good chance to start being a worrier and start listening to the people. Well, you know what? I know somebody had that. And oh, that poor boy, he didn't even make it six months. Oh man, that builds your faith up. Well, you know what? I knew some of the most holy Christians there ever were. They went to church all the time and they had this and here's what happened to them. That doesn't build your faith up. You have to be in the word of God find out what God says. And I still remember the day we got that diagnosis. I, I, I got hit for about, I think probably about 15 minutes, maybe a half hour. I was at the hospital. And it was totally shocker. Had a couple faith friends with me. And they just did the test. The doctor come out and said that. And when those words come out of his mouth, leukemia, a wave hit me of darkness. And when it did, I started crying. And I think about 15 minutes, then I stopped. And I went like this. I said, okay, crying's over. We're out of the emotional realm. Now we're getting in the spirit. We're going to fight this thing in the name of Jesus. And two weeks later, two weeks later, two weeks. Everybody say two weeks. Two weeks. The doctor said no leukemia. He was walking, dancing, and praising the Lord. But it didn't just happen because I was a sometime Christian. You know what I was? I was a fanatic. You know what a fanatic is? I looked that up years and years ago. It starts with F-A-N, fan. And then it related that to a football fan. Or a baseball fan. Or whatever kind of fan you are, a fanatic. In other words, a really, really, really uh, baseball fan of the Dodgers, no matter where they live at, if they're within 10 hours of Los Angeles, they get a season pass and they're a fan. They make every game. And if they go to out-of-town games, go to every out-of-town game. Well, as a Christian fan, a fanatic, I made every service. No matter where I was at, I got to the service. If they had special services, I got to them. Men's meetings, I got to them. Prayer meetings, I got to them. I was a fan. And the church I went to was like ours. They taught the Word of God. They wasn't religious. They taught the Word of God. 
And so when the attack came, it's like Pastor Dave says, uh, if the flood comes and your house will get hit, it's the wrong time to dig the foundation. It's kind of hard to dig a six foot of water. It's kind of hard to raise up faith if you're already under attack. But praise God for mercy. He can help you till you get it. And so this is the kind of stuff we're talking about. How to have faith in your faith. So it says, be careful for nothing, <clears throat> but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with whining. By prayer and supplication with, oh, why'd this happen? Well, if anybody's ever got that question about something hitting your life, want me to tell you why that happened? Because you live on earth and you breathe. You're made in God's image. And John 10, 10 says, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Well, what did I do right? What did I do wrong? What am I doing? You're under attack. You're making God's image. It comes from the devil. Get in faith, and we'll show you how. And you can handle it. Don't ever, 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 ever go down that thing if you get hit about, why me, why me? The devil loves it when a Christian prays that. Why me? Oh, God, oh, God, oh, God. We're going to show you how to have faith in your faith. <clears throat> and so it says, in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known on Facebook. See if you can get 10,000 likes. If I could just get a prayer chain going. I, I, don't, I don't know everybody here, so if you want to throw rocks, throw rocks. Find prayer chain in the Bible. <laughs> Find prayer tree in the Bible. The only tree the Bible really talks about is the cross. It says Jesus hung on the tree. That's the tree that I look at. But the tree I look at is empty. He's not on the cross anymore. He rose from the dead. And then when he came off that tree, he seated at the right hand of the Father, wherever lives to make intercession. Not point the finger at you and say, you want to know why you? You little jerk, I'll tell you why you. No, no, no. He says, I'm up here. I'm for you. I want to help you. Go listen to pastor samples of people like that teach you how to pray so you're not stupid. Amen. Amen. Well, that spiritual slap somewhere, wasn't it? Well, you want to help people. You want to help people. Sometimes you have to get their attention to help them. Amen. If I'm talking to you out there on the internet, if that applies to you, we'll show you how to get unstupefied. Amen. That's King James. You may be in the New Living. Okay. It says, Let your request be made known unto God. Let your request be made known unto God. Get a hold of that. The one you're praying to is the Father. And then it says, when you do, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, shall keep your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Now let me tell you what that means. The peace of God that passes all understanding. Uh, I, I just think about things in terms of electronics and different things like that, and I know somebody, a super mechanic like Hyde even know this. Sometimes when you're working stuff, you, buy, you bypass a system, if you're tested especially, Anybody know what a little bypass wire is? You're doing something, and you got something coming through here, and you put a line on to jump around it and ignore that system. You know, there might be things you can identify that with, but you bypass something. Well, I think about a bypass. You know, bypass a city. You get, you're going through a city, you got a bypass. You know, that, that's the road goes around it, you don't go through it. You bypassed it. Well, this says that the peace of God that passes understanding, and so that's what, if you get a son, three and a half years old, leukemia, crippled, 
at Christians that aren't spiritual Christians, that are church Christians, but not spiritual Christians. They look at what they see, they don't see what God says. And so you've got peace, and they say this about the Christian, that's in that peace that passes all understanding, they say this, you know what, Dylan doesn't have enough sense to worry. You know why? Because this peace bypassed his understanding. With my understanding, when people thought we was in denial, and they said, you know what, Bernie is so messed up at that church he goes to, he's not facing reality. And I had people actually come to me, don't you know what's going on? Your son's dying. All you want to do is get him to that church and hang around those church people. Your son's dying. You don't know what's going on? I fully understood what was going on. I chose to give my worries to Jesus, to be careful for nothing. And when that happened, it says he gave me his peace. So I began to operate from my spirit and not my head. Believe me, when I was in that hospital, I saw the things that little boy was going through. Lawrence has been there. You know what that's like. Praise God, you heard this teaching before, didn't you? Help helped bring you through that. I tell you, that little boy's not hurting anymore. He's getting to be a hogger, isn't he? <laughs> but anyway, what I'm saying is this. When you begin to walk in what we're talking about, not having faith in your faith, you shut your head off and flow from your spirit. People that don't know Jesus and people that are church people, but not word people, not really Bible people, they look at you and they say things like, you're just in denial. And they start looking at Raymond. They say, well, I don't know what happened to Raymond. Raymond, I know they said about me. I was 28 and a half years old when I got a hold of this. And I tell you what, my family wouldn't put me in the nut house. They really did. They showed up one day and said, they're going to have me committed. Why are they going to have me committed? Uh, if you want to know the truth about it, the main thing was because I was, because I was going to church with black people. I come from a racist family. They said, man, you're, you're hanging around those people like that. And, I, and uh, I, I know people that have seen you and said, you're even hugging them now. They said, you know better that kind of stuff. And, and, they, and they speak in the tongues there, don't they? And I said, well, yeah, you know that Paul did and people did in the Bible. And I got the same Holy Ghost they do, so I do now. And so anyway, uh, they wouldn't put me in the nut house. But you know what? I didn't go to the nut house. I led all those people from my family to Jesus one by one. And a lot of them are in heaven right now because I operated in that peace that passed his understanding. I had that peace. And when I went through crisis, I did what Paul said, to be careful for nothing. Be careful means don't worry about anything. And so I wasn't in denial. I denied Satan the right to bring that curse on me or my family. That's what I denied. I denied him the privilege of coming into my life. And I said, yes, Jesus. I said, yes, Holy Spirit. I said, Father, your will be done in my life. I'll follow you. Amen? Amen. And so he says, that, that's how you pray. So that, 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 that's one thing. And it sounds good. But how do you do it? You know, that's the whole thing. I've talked about what's there. And he said, be careful for nothing. Well, that's easy to say. Well, don't worry, Jamie. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. Say, yeah, do it. Don't, don't, don't. How do I don't worry? That's why you're here. To show you how not to worry. Go to 1 John chapter 5. And we're going to look at verse 14 and 15. This is Apostle John talking. And we're getting ready to step it up a little bit here. 
as Pastor Dave says, we're coming up a level. Amen. 1 John 5, verse 14 and 15. And that last little nugget was Paul on prayer. Now here's John. And I like this. And this is the confidence that we have in him. That's in Jesus. In the Father, you know what confidence is? That's faith. When you got confidence in somebody, you got faith in them. You know, I think about, you know, I, I guess I'm in my people thing tonight. I, I, got, I got confidence in Chuck as, as a welder, machinist, fabricator. And I know Chuck's done a lot of things for the church. And for me, and he's got a great reputation in Barstow. If people want something done in that fabricated area, no matter whether it's a, if it's a small business or a person or a multi-million dollar corporation, they know we can go to Chuck Coleman, to his business there, and we've got confidence in him. We want it done right. Somebody say, well, I'll tell you what, go to this other guy. He'll save you a few bucks. Well, when you want it done right, you don't want to save a few bucks. You want to pay for it. You want it done right. And so he says, this is the confidence we can have in him. I want to have confidence in Jesus. I want to have confidence when I pray that my prayers are getting answered. I never had one bit of doubt when my son got hit with that. When I was diagnosed four years ago with a stage four blood cancer, I never had one bit of doubt where that thing started, where I stood with God. And then when I got hit in the middle of it with a really, really serious heart attack, I never had a bit of doubt. I knew where I stood. I knew where the attack came from. I knew what to do. Because not only do I have confidence in my father, but if you've got confidence in him, that means you've got confidence in your faith. Because it takes faith to have that confidence. I want to say that real slow so you get a hold of this. You have confidence in the father, then you've got confidence in your own faith because your faith is in him. So we're talking about how to have faith in your faith. And this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything... According to his will, he heareth us. And if we know that he hears us, how can we know that he hears us? If we're praying according to his will. Well, I think you know by now that his word is his will. And so we know that he hears us, whatsoever we ask. And then if we know that he hears us, we know that we have the petitions that we desired of him. If we know he hears us, how do we know he hears us? Because we pray in his will, which is his word. If we're praying his word, then we know that we have. What do we have? We have what we prayed, because we're praying his will. I knew from the word of God, it was the will of God for my son to be healed. The word of God teaches that cover to cover. I knew when I got diagnosed, it was his will for me to be healed. And so I knew, I knew when we prayed for him, I knew when we prayed for me, I could have confidence in the faith that we have in him because we prayed his will. Does that make sense to you? We prayed his will. Now, uh, for, for your notes you're taking, i got a couple nuggets in my Bible that I wrote down years ago. I want you to write these down if you're taking notes. Because our confidence is when we're praying his will, which is praying his word. And so, write this down. Faith begins where the will of God is known. Faith begins where the will of God is known. God's word is God's will. Faith begins where the will of God is known. If you're a Christian 
and a new Christian, and you don't know where God stands on healing, then you're kind of on shaky ground when you pray because you're not sure. And also, I think about an area that I think that everybody that's truly born again can agree with. It's the will of God for people to be saved. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're a child, got saved as an adult like I did when I was 28 and a half years old and raised in a, a non-Christian family, when it, when it became real to me that Jesus was real, then I knew heaven was real. And I knew hell was real. Eternity is, was forever. And so I didn't want my dad and mom to die without Jesus. I didn't, seven kids in my family. I didn't want any of my brothers, my sisters, to die without Jesus. And so I found out from the Word of God in Acts 16, 31, for one place, he said that he will save me and save my house, save my family. Amen. And so I found lots of other, lots of other Bible examples that's the will of God for your loved ones to be saved too. And so that I knew I could with confidence pray and not have to pray like this. God, I know my mom never was a very good person and I don't want her to go to hell, but nevertheless, thy will be done. I didn't pray in doubt about my mom's salvation. My mom is in heaven now and my mom really was anti-me after I got born again and she didn't want much of me around because she didn't like my religion. And I tried to let my mom know I don't have religion, I have Jesus. But there came a day, there came a day, many years later, my mom got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and she kind of started seeing that something was different about life she ever had. And I was over visiting and she called me into her little bedroom, away from the rest of the family, got my hand, looked me in the eye and said, Bernie, I want you to pray for me. You do not know what a breakthrough that was for somebody who's against all of this. I'd been praying and claiming her salvation for years. And I said, Mom, I said, if I'm going to pray for you, you know, I'm going to talk about Jesus. Yes. I said, Mom, I said, do you want to ask Jesus into your heart? you want to be a Christian? Yes, pray for me. And if I'd have had doubt about my mom's salvation all those years, she may have died without Jesus. And so this is the confidence I had in him. The day my dad, I led him to Jesus. On and on and on, my family, I led him to Jesus. But the thing was, what I'm saying is this. I had faith in my faith that when I was praying, based upon the word of God, I knew I was praying the word, I was praying the will. And when I was praying the will, I was praying the answer. Answer was, I'll save you and your house. Now, you need to learn other Bible things in other areas so you know how to pray the Word of God. But listen, I got another nugget I wrote down here. I want you to get this. This is prayer nuggets to help you have faith in your faith. Now, listen to this real closely. I'll say it two or three times so you get it. Prayer should be God looking down to earth as seeing a mirror reflecting His Word back up at Him. You don't know how powerful that is until you chew on that, think on that, and look at that, and get a hold of it. I'm going to say it again. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflecting his word backed up at him. One more time. Prayer should be God looking down to earth and seeing a mirror reflect his word back up at him.
When you pray the word, you're having faith in your faith. When you pray the word, you're praying the answer. I want to say that again. When you're praying the word, you're praying the answer. And you know, I think about this. Uh, if you go to school and your teacher gives you a math problem to work out, and it's something really, really hard, and you study that thing for days, and you finally get it worked out where you've got the answer written down there, then why are you going to go around and keep on trying to figure out the problem? You've got the answer right in front of you. And so if you've already got God's Word in your heart, prayed it up to heaven, God's looking down and seeing the Word coming up to heaven, you've already prayed the answer, why are you going to go back and talk the problem again? You know something that amazes me? I remember when I got diagnosed with that stage 4 blood cancer, I actually had people in the church, this church, that were going through things, went through things, they wouldn't know what kind of medications they're giving you, things like that. And I said, I really don't know. You don't know what they're giving you, they name off a half a dozen things. Big, long medical words and stuff like that. And I just looked at it like, wow, I don't know what you're saying. I know First Peter 2.24, that by Jesus' stripes I was healed. I know James 5.14 and 15, I called for the elders of the church. They know me for all the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith healed the sick. I was a sick, but I've been healed. And they, when I was saying I've been healed, my eyes were spinning, my legs were wobbly, my head was wobbly, and I couldn't hardly move. I was so messed up over, they said, how much was that percentage? 70% of my blood was cancer. They said my cancer, my blood was 70% cancer and only 30% blood. And so when they said those things, my spirit man answered and said, here's what I'm on. Mark 16, verse 17 and 18. Believers have laid hands on me and I'm recovering. So you taking anything else? Yes, Isaiah 53, verse 4 and 5. Surely hath borne my sickness and carried my pains and diseases. And by his stripes I was healed. Well, well, we're taking this, this, what, are they giving you this? I said, Exodus 15, 26, he's the Lord that healeth me. Proverbs 3, verse 7 and 8, I fear the Lord, I depart from evil. It's health to my navel, my body, and strength and refreshment to my bones. Anything else? I can go on and on and on and on and tell, I tell you, I cannot tell you to this day what one drug was they put in my arm. I can't tell you. I had the answer. It was the word. The cancer was the problem, but I had the answer for the problem. It was the word. I stuck with the word. When I talked to heaven, I spoke the word up to heaven. I would say, Lord, I want to thank you that by your stripes I was healed. Has been laid on me, and you said I'm recovering. I want to thank you, Jesus, you took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. All he ever saw from my mouth was the answer. Amen. You hear what I'm saying? He said, he said, if you ask anything according to his will, he hears you. He heard the answer come out of my mouth. And I'm talking to you about having faith in your faith. There's no doubt there because I had faith in my faith because I was praying the word. And so when you pray the word, you're praying the answer. Now I want to go to James chapter 1. Now this is another great apostle, Jesus' brother, as a matter of fact. This is the last passage we're going to look at because I want you to see some things here. And this is showing you 
how you can do what Philippians 4 said, to not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer. And we're talking about praying in faith, not whining, prayer, and supplication with thanksgiving. Let your request be made known unto God. James chapter 1, verse 5. This, this is so easy, and this is a fill in the blank. And what goes in the blank is probably going to be different for every one of you. Because you're the one in your life knows what you're facing, and you have to fill in the blank for your own self. It says in verse 5, if any of you lack, and then that next word, he's talking about wisdom here, but I, I say put a blank there. If any of you lack, and this is a Bible principle of how to pray in faith and receive anything you need that Jesus has already provided. This is a Bible principle. So you fill in the blank. If any of you lack healing, deliverance from sin, or addictions, if you lack finances, if you lack a job or a better job, if you lack a car, if you lack salvation for loved ones, he's telling you how to pray in faith right here to get answers. He said, if any of you lack, and this is, this is a prayer principle showing you how to pray the prayer of faith, if any of you lack, and so uh, you ask of God, that giveth to all men liberally, and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. I want to tell you something, what he said right there, that'll blow right past you if you aren't a serious student of the word. He said, if you lack, you ask of God, and then he says he gives to all men liberally, and upbraideth not. And I'll be honest with you, I've heard a lot of things about this, but I never really understood that until night before the service. I was sitting on my seat there, and I was kind of thinking about this. I said, Lord, there's a lot of things I could say about that. I wonder what you really mean. And then he showed me the answer to that. And for me, to help me understand it better than I ever have, it's this. It says, upbraideth not, and that says without reproach. And then I wrote this down. Now listen to this. Some religious people teach, don't bother God with your little problems. Anybody ever heard anybody tell you that? Don't bother God with your little problems. I, I remember one time, uh, believe it or not, about 40 years ago, I was going bald. And I didn't want to go bald. And I was in the bathroom in the truck dock where I was. I wasn't a pastor yet. And I just stand in front of the mirror. Nobody in the bathroom but me. I just kind of stand there. I just have, have my hand up there. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for hair growing. I want to thank you for hair. Somebody thinks, well, that's, well, that, well, that, man, that's such a little petty thing. Nothing's petty to Jesus. If it bothers you, it bothers him. Because he, he wants you blessed to have the desires of your heart. My grandpa was bald. And there was a really, really smart, educated lady at the church I went to as, as a sheep and said, that skips generations, said, you're going to be bald because your grandpa was bald. And I thought, well, grandpa looked nice if he was bald, but I don't want to be bald. And so I thinned somewhat, but I'm not bald. And so this guy says, what you mean? He said, what are you doing? I said, I said well, I'm talking to Jesus about my hair. Well, I said, I want to grow more hair. And that guy said, you'd bother him something petty like that? I thought, well, it's not petty to me, and I just thought, mind your own business. And I just, I just prayed. So anyway, that's what he's saying here. People will tell you, don't bother him about a better car. Don't bother him about a new suit of clothes. Don't bother him, bother him about a pretty dress for whatever you want to dress for. All these little things in life that we want and that we need, that we ask Jesus for, people say, don't bother him. But he says right here, it says he upbraideth not. That means that means that means uh, that 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 God is not bothered with your little problems. 
He wants you to come to him with your problems. You think you got so that lack there, put in what you what you need. So he makes it plain here. You're not bothering him. You ask in faith, and he won't get mad. I like this. I wrote this down. He won't get mad. It'll make him glad. He might even say, now listen to this, I'm glad you asked that. I'm real serious about that. That's kind of funny, but the Lord gave that to me a while ago. When you talk to him about things you need, I mean, you got to think about Heidi the racing lady. It's not going to bother God for Heidi to say, help me win this with Jesus. Amen. She won first place in Las Vegas this weekend. Amen. And so, has anybody ever heard that expression, I'm glad you asked that? Well, that's what he's saying right here. When you ask him, says, without reproach. In other words, New Living Translation might say, God says, when you ask him for whatever it is you're asking, he might say, you know what, Chuck, I'm glad you asked me that. You know why? Because he wants to answer your prayers more than you want them answered. Why is that? Because Jesus Christ, the Son of God, took the curse for us, became a curse so we could have his blessing. That's why he paid the price for us to have our health, to be delivered from Satan's sin, addictions, his domination, from mental torment, from poverty, from lack, from losing mentality. Jesus paid it all. He wants us to ask him to help us whatever it is we need. And he says, Chuck, I'm glad you asked me that. That's a good preaching, isn't it? Amen. I think that'd make a good mini book. <clears throat> All right. He says, but but then he says, notice this, he says in, in verse 6, but let him ask in faith nothing wavering or nothing doubting. He that wavers or doubts is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. And so uh, the first thing you need to do is talk to the Father in the name of Jesus. And I want to say this. I've said it before, but I want you to get this again. I, I mean this with all of my heart. This is not a put down. It's just a fact. If you'll change your prayers from dear God or oh God or God, he may be God to the world. He used to be God to me. I got born again and became father. Jesus never said pray to God. He said, ask your father who loves you. He said, your father cares for you. He said, when you come to pray, we're talking about New Testament praying for Christians. Jesus always said, pray to the father in my name. He'll give you whatever you ask. And so as a Christian, if you'll make that one little shift, you'll see your faith in your spirit rise a level. Because all of a sudden, you're not talking to a God that you don't know about. You're talking to the father that loves you in the name of Jesus. I want to say it one more time. That will bring your faith up a level if you'll change your prayers. If you're used to saying, dear God, change your prayers to, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. So anyway, you pray to the Father in the name of Jesus. He's God to the world, but he's Father to me. Is he your Father? Well, you know what? He doesn't get mad. He gets glad if you call him father. He likes to hear father. He wants to hear his children talk to him for who he really is. And so then verse 6, when he says, Ask in faith, 
Well, this is what John said in 1 John 5, 14. So this is the confidence we have in him. That's what faith is. You ask in faith. And so you ask in faith by praying the word. I'm going to keep on saying this because we're talking about you having faith in your faith. When you pray the word, you're praying the answer. That's how you ask in faith. You're praying the word. If you already know that he promised it to you in the Bible, then you can pray that in faith. <clears throat> That's how you ask in faith. It says nothing wavering. This means not doubting. Not doubting. If you're praying the word, and you know, I think about tithers' rights. We had a really good testimony this morning. If he said, and he did say in Malachi chapter 3, that he rebukes the devourer for tithers. The windows of heaven are open to the blessings on tithers. He said that. He said for tithers that he wants the blessing to be so evident on your life that people look at you and say you're blessed. <clears throat> and you know, uh, my, my mom, my mom's in heaven now, so I, I can talk about her more now. But anyway, I remember the day that we brought little Davy boy home from the hospital. He's not a little Davy boy, boy anymore. He wanted to grow after that. He was kind of stunted from things. And he wanted to be tall. He liked the Indiana Pacers. He started praying for tall. And all of a sudden, little Davy started growing about a foot at a time. But anyway, he's Pastor David now. Don't call him little Davy. <laughs> but little Davy grew. But anyway, I'll never forget this. And it was so amazing. My mom, who was so anti, whatever you want to say, anti, anti Jesus, my mom looked at him. We walked out of the hospital. And she looked at me, and this was such a blessing. This was years before she finally got saved. She said, Bertie, you really are blessed. And I said, Mom, that's the word of God. Malachi chapter 3, verse 12 says, you'll call me blessed. Thank you. Amen. That's the will of God. God wants us to be blessed where people can see the blessing of God. And so that's what he says here, that when we're praying, when we're praying not in doubt but in faith, we got the answer, and people are going to see it show up in our lives. And so then look at this then, <clears throat> verse 7. For let not that man, what man? The one that doubts when they pray. The one that doubts when they pray. Let not that man think they shall receive anything of the Lord. Uh, if you got doubting shoes on, you better stick your toes under your seat now you get about to get stepped on. And somebody say, well... I'm not a doubter. Well, let me ask you this question. Here's a good question for doubters that thinks they're not doubters. When I got diagnosed with that cancer, and I knew the will of God said, call for the elders of the church, have them pray over him, knowing all in the name of the Lord, their prayer of faith will heal the sick. I told them, and this study kind of bragging it all, it's my confidence in Jesus and in my faith in his word. <clears throat> I think there was 18 of us in that room staff elders. After they prayed for me, then I stopped and looked at them. And I was about to fall over. I'd had no treatment, nothing worked. I just got diagnosed. Couldn't hardly stand up, but my spirit, man, I've learned to live out my spirit. I said, now, listen, you guys, don't ever pray for my healing again. I said, you have prayed. And because I didn't doubt that he heard me, how did I know that he heard me? Except asking that according to his will. What was his will? Call for the elders. And the prayer of faith will heal the sick. And so I did not doubt he heard because I prayed the word. And then on that Sunday morning, I stood right up here, church for all people, the congregation, and I said, guys, I got to tell you something. 
And so then I told him I've been diagnosed with stage four blood cancer. 70% of my blood has cancer. I'm going to begin chemotherapy this week. And I looked, there were people crying everywhere in the congregation. I mean, it's their pastor. And they heard those words. And then I said this. I said, I don't want any of you to pray for me, but praise and thank God that the elders have anointed me. And according to the word of God, prayers already went up. Faith is released. And I want to make sure I'm playing on this so people don't get goofy about this. Prayer had been prayed, and I didn't doubt that he heard. Now, the way that I would have said I doubt that he heard would have been this. Now, I want you all to pray for me every chance you get. Please pray. Go on Facebook. See if you can get 10,000 likes. Go on Instagram and beg people to start a prayer tree. Now, if we get a chain going around the world of prayers, well, then I was doubting that his word worked. I was doubting that he heard the elders pray. Because he said, when the elders pray the prayer of faith, I'll heal the sick. But then if I would have went and kept on and said, oh, pray for me, pray for me, then I was doubting he heard the last time. Now listen again one more time. I said this. I said, whatever you think about me, no matter what I look like, because sometimes I didn't look too steady, too stable, always had a couple ushers, met me at the car, they stood beside me so I wouldn't fall because sometimes my legs gave away. They got me to this front seat right here. I sit there in the seat. I did everything I could to fake it like I was okay. I sit in the seat. I was messed up. I sit there like a zombie. Surf was over. And they came back, got me to the car, and I got out of here. But I told the people, no matter what you see, Jesus already heard us. The elders don't even fall. They prayed, so you praise. And I said, no matter what goes on, you just thank the Lord. Your pastor's getting better every day. See what I'm saying? I wasn't saying it was in denial. We were in faith because just like Pastor Dave taught about today about praising this morning, they prayed for me. It was a different kind of prayer. It was praise, not, not prayer for asking. I, I just got to make sure people get that so they don't go goofy about things. I didn't say, I'm such a faith giant, I don't need prayer. I said, I got faith in the word of God, he said. He said, elders anoint and pray, and he does the healing. And so as we went through the process, I said, change how you pray and turn it into praising. And get a hold of that principle, that'll really help you. And so that's how you can tell. And really, I, I don't want to cause people to get goofy in their faith. But that's how you can tell if you're in faith with the word of God or not. If you have to keep on going back and asking, then you're doubting. And so, you know, I, you know, as, as a pastor, been around for a while, I've seen people get goofy about things. That's why I want to make sure I'm not, not throwing confusion on you. If you're not grown to the place yet where you can do what I said, then if you need to, ask somebody. I want you to agree with me. I'm having a tough time standing and just agree with me for what I've prayed. You understand what I'm saying? Because you don't want to be stupid, but my faith was there because all my years of standing on the Word of God. And so you got you got to operate where you are. And so if you got to have some agreement, I've said that so many times. If you're standing on the Word of God through serious things, when we have the altar call, come back up here and say, Pastor, we've prayed and we're going through this really serious financial thing, through this health thing. And I'll tell you what, I just need some help with my faith. Just 
stay in agreement with us, Pastor, that this is working in our life. You see what I'm saying? But for me, I knew where I was that he heard me. And then he said, if you doubt, you're wavering. You're waving, tossed to and fro like a wave of the sea. And now look at this next part here. It says, let not that man think of you. See if you think, Lord, a double-minded man, a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. And so double-minded. What's, what, 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 what is double-minded? Now listen to this. What's the opposite of double-minded? Single-minded. Amen. The opposite of double is single. Opposite of double-minded is single-minded. What's a single-minded man? The single-minded man is a word-minded man. You always answer with the word. You always answer with the word. And so I, t- I, told, I told the congregation and other people that were spiritual left to understand spiritual things, I said, don't ever ask me how I'm feeling. Don't ever ask me how I'm feeling. I said, if you ask me anything about my life, say, how you doing, Pastor, etc.? I'm just going to say something like, get better every day. Because the Word of God says, they had sick, they shall recover. And so when church people come up to me, sometimes some church people say, how you feeling, Pastor? Had, I, I, I honestly, I got upset two or three times with people that I've been telling them. That never ask somebody to go through something like this to have the Word of God how they're feeling. Because if they get to talk about feelings, they're going to get out of faith. So two or three times, people ask me, how you doing, Pastor? I got mad. And I said, I want to tell you the truth. You want to know how my body feels? Body feels like I'm going to fall over and die right now when I'm talking to you. I said, my body does not know how I got out of bed to come to church today. That's how I feel. But then I stopped and looked at the eye and I said, now, I'll tell you how I am. By his stripes, I was healed. Has been laid on me. I'm getting better every day. Jesus took my infirmities and bare my sicknesses. That's how I am. My spirit man is in control. But now, don't ask me how I'm feeling again, because you ask me how I'm feeling. If I go to live by my feelings, you will be at my funeral very soon. I can't even remember who asked me that, but about three times during that whole process I was asked. And every time the people would say stuff, I'd do my best, because I, as a pastor, at the start of that whole process, I said, this is going to be a teachable time. You can watch as I go through this how faith works, and I'll show you how to come out of things. And then I told those different things. I'm telling you now, don't be double-minded. A double-minded is unstable in all their ways, so a word-minded person is stable in all their ways. Your stability comes from your standing on the Word. Your stability comes by your speaking the Word. Your stability comes by praying the word. And if you know the parable of Jesus talking about the wise man built his house upon the solid foundation, Jesus said that foundation was hearing the word and acting on the word. That's the foundation. Amen. And so anyway, pray the word, you pray the answer. So word-minded man is stable. His faith is stable. And when you become a person that gets really serious about the Word of God, where when you pray, you don't whine, you pray the Word. And if you don't know how to pray the Word, then you keep your mouth shut and just thank Jesus for how good He is. Amen? Amen. So you can have faith in your faith, and when you do, 
When you do, you'll be a solid, stable Christian. You'll get answers. People look at your life, and they'll be the ones that come to you and say, you know what? You're my new prayer line. And then you know what you say to them? I can be your prayer line temporarily. I'm going to teach you how you can be the prayer line for the next ones under you. That's how this works. Amen. Pastor Dave, I'm going to let you have this. Amen. Anybody get helped out of that? Amen. That wasn't over your heads, was it? Was that simple? Was that good? Amen. Don't want it over your heads. We want you helped. Amen. All right, let's stand up together tonight. Praise the Lord. Amen. We are a faith church. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. Amen. And well, we're going to go ahead and um, we'll have our prayer team come on up here tonight. And uh, Josh is going to close us out in a little bit of worship here. If you need prayer for anything, you need agreement, we want to be here for you and uh, and stand in faith with you. So let's go ahead and uh, get that rolling. And if you don't need prayer, then let's just worship God where we're at. Amen. Let's go ahead and do this. promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me your promise still stands great is your faithfulness faithfulness I'm still in your hands this is my confidence that you never failed me I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again you made a way where there was no way and I believe I'll see you do it again I've seen you move you move the mountains and I believe I'll see you do it again You made a way Well, there was no way And I believe I'll see you do it again I'll see you do it again Your promise still stands Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. I'm still in your hands, and this is my confidence that you never failed me. Your promise still stands. Great is your faithfulness, faithfulness. Still in your hands, this is my confidence that you never failed me. I've seen you move, you move the mountains, and I believe I'll see you do it again. You made a 
me to sing, or you, you got it? <laughs> well, that's one thing they don't let me do, sing too much. They silence my mic if that starts, so. Oh, well, we want to keep the mic on. How many can sing? Well, you're blessed. Whoa. How many can make a joyful noise? I can do that. Glory to God. You know, I just want to remind you about the books. We're going to do our Barstow Faith Confession in a minute, but uh, I'm serious about these books. These kind of things was my faith aids that helped my faith to grow. And I just, you know, everybody ought to have good faith books, and they will really help you grow and learn. It's so good. And, you know, uh, I think about doctor's offices. Used to be they had magazines in those offices. You go to doctor's office, all these goofy magazines. Read those. I went to very many doctor's offices years ago, but I always had these in my pocket. If I had to go to the doctor, instead of reading all their unbelief and all their stupid stuff, I'd pull these little books out and read those while I was sitting there. But things like that will help you. You can carry those in your purse, in your pocket, and that will really help your faith to grow. But anyway, make use of the bookstore. we got a new supply coming real soon. We had trouble getting books for all. got new suppliers. We're going to be stocked up in there. They will really help you. Uh, how many are ready to make this faith confession over our city and over our region? Now, when we're confessing over Barstow, we are confessing over Hinkley, Newberry Springs, Yermo, Hesperia. This region right here, we're confessing. This, this, amen. This is the epicenter right here. This is the epicenter where things go out. So when we pray in faith here, wherever you live around here, that this is coming to your area too. But that's what we believe in this whole area. Are you ready? All right. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Cities are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is. Barstow is. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls. God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved in Jesus' name. Amen. All right.